It's time for Chase Farthing Show, the USA Real Talk. Here's your host. Here's Chase Farthing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for my own entrance. I love it. That was pretty cool. I just now thought about (laughs) Just wanted to do it. I figured I'd try to do something, you know, do something a little new. Happy Wednesday night, almost Thursday now. Going to be Thursday morning in just about an hour and a half here. Holy cow, it's almost Christmas. I want to give out a few announcements here. Just want to clear things up. On December 16th, I will not, well, actually, I will still do a show on December 15th, but from there to all the way next year to June of next week on June, or excuse me, Sorry, not June, January. We will start a brand new season. Might change some things. I don't think I will. But we'll be starting season two. I've had a great time on season one. I had a a few mistakes. I think hopefully I got that. But I've had some uh, really good topics here on my list. Uh, Mostly people were interested about the... The Missing Disappearance of My Cousin Drake. So people were listening to that. I appreciate that. Um, I think actually a lot more people were listening to uh, my predators. Uh, Were child predators. Were there at on apps. That has been huge. Great thankful for that. Predators are being caught left and right. That has been a huge thing this year. Of course, you got to really think the, the undercover... Uh, teams that people do on social media where they do find these predators and they expose who they are, what they look like, and don't show what they show. But they've done a great job. Detectives, police departments, great job. I, I'm blessed for that. I, I will say this. Uh, congratulations to Walker. Excuse me, not Walker. Uh, he did not win the Senate the other day in, in Georgia. Congratulations. I can't remember who he, he faced. That's okay. But it was a tough loss for the Republicans. But I really will say this. I, I think a lot of them had really good battles. It was a great ending. Some things changed. Some did not. And now we now the midterms, they're done. I kind of like that when the midterms are actually done because it's it's somewhat like the same thing. I, I look for when it's the big presidential. Now we can focus on getting to the bigger one. Who is going to be running against Joe Biden for 2024? That's going to be huge. It's going to be um, a big controversial. Uh, definitely going to have to keep an eye on that. I hope I think I'm going to do that when I'm on this show or when I'm on my own show. And I would. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. I still say it's going to be Donald Trump and Joe Biden going to go at it round two. And then, of course, I think Ron DeSantis will be a big one. I think he's going to be, if he runs, he's going to finish second to uh, Donald Trump or Donald. Excuse me. But if Donald Trump does not run, I think he would win. It's going to be interesting, though, so we'll see. But everybody's been talking about uh, Coach, uh, Jerry Jones, uh, Coach Jones, uh, 
of the Dallas Cowboys, straight-time Super Bowl champion, where he was supposedly in this picture. It was at his school, and he was at this picture. Uh, that was been viral today. That, that's that been a, a really huge thing. And a lot of people were there. I'm not going to say a lot of our coaches were there on that day. Uh, back in this long time, but Jones was there. Or, yeah, Jerry Jones. And I'm not going to make too much of a big deal about it, but, you know, I, I still would say this. You know, that was a race thing back in back in that time, and it was. We all know it was. But we have come so far. And I actually read a comment. The reason why I want to bring this on, this is not the topic I want to talk about, but the what I did like that this one man cut, made a comment. He was a black male. He goes, he's 61 years old. He got to live that racist life how it was a long time ago. And I like the comment that he made at the end. He goes, I, I don't play the victim card. I like it. He goes, I don't run out there now and, and play the victim card like others do. So that's huge. That, that's a bravery thing right there to say because people like him that are, that are black that say, I'm not playing the victim card. I'm 61, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s, and they're not going to play the victim cards because they, even though they got to live that part of life, but they, they kind of teach these kids what real racism is about. So I, I got to give him props for that. So everybody was breaking that out a lot this year. And, and to me, he's a hell of a good, respected guy. And, you know, of course, he's had black people on his staff, so you can't really call him racist. Uh, you know, they, they made a big, huge thing. Uh, th- this was during the protest. Remember during the kneel down, during the protest that players were doing? Everybody was getting fed up and pissed off, which uh, it was, you know, players had the right to protest. Everybody got mad when Colin Kaepernick did it. In which everybody had the right to do that. And I, I was too when he did that because he disrespected our flag. Now, of course, he used an excuse saying, oh, I wasn't doing that towards the national anthem. I wasn't going towards that. I was going towards the police brutality. That had no, no, you you did that at the wrong time. And you did. I guess I'm going to have two topics to talk about tonight. And we're just going to put it that way. But he put he did that the wrong way. If you wanted to protest about police brutality, which we, we do see there is. There is some police brutality. We've seen it. And he proved that uh that this was not right for him to do. And you know, NFL got on to him about it. Of course some other players did it. And everybody was booing. They and not you know, it's in the uh policy you cannot kneel down. And nobody never should when for every baseball and football, NASCAR, all sports, you should never do the kneel down during the national anthem. You know, of course now, Brian, uh, Brittany Griner, she, you know, she kept saying that she hates America and this and that. She's anti-American. You know, she can't stand it. But she's asking us still for help to get her out of Russia's prison, and she's serving a nine years prison for their uh, broken rules. She broke the law there. And I don't think we need to help her. And a lot of people have been agreeing on that. There's uh, That shouldn't be happening. But back to this the picture of uh, him back in a long long time ago. Yeah, it was his school. He was going to be there. 
but there is claiming that he was with the KKK. Some people might have been the KKK there. I just don't see it being him. I just don't see it that way. Uh, when this happened, I, I was... I, I I was not happy when we had things like that. I, I remember seeing like a video uh, of firefighters washing down uh, three black teenagers. I I would be disgusted. I was I, I couldn't do that. I probably would say you're fired. It's one of the excuses things that we should never have done. And there's a lot of things that our country shouldn't have done when it came to segregation, racism. That, but that wouldn't have been part of our history. If this was not happening, we wouldn't longer. We wouldn't have no history, and we would have history, but just not like this. It, it, that changing kids. Just like I talked about last night, T.C. Williams High School got to be the first school to have blacks and whites together. It was a rough start, but guess what? It got better. And I, I actually would say this now for the last 30 years. You know, even when I was in high school. Now, my school, we didn't really have a lot of black people. We, we were 98% of white and 2% of other. And that's how we just had it. it because we, we're in a town school. That's where my school is at. It's in a little town. But two other schools that I'm going to say... Which is uh, one school that we was uh, a Mexican school because if a corner you would turn around in the school, you, you see a lot of Mexicans, and you would. The next school, down not far from me, is that when you go to this one school, it's a lot of blacks because that's a major city in our county. And I'll tell you what, though, a lot of black people, uh, players that I've seen us play against from football, basketball, baseball, and every sport I'm going to mention, they were a pretty damn good athletic. And essentially for the, the basketball team and the football players, they were really good athletic. They gave us a hard time. That's what I love about it. It's like, I can't wait we go to these two schools because it's going to be a bar murder. It's not going to be a destroy match. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle. You know, and that's what... School's gotten better now. You know, some schools got still a long way to go to make better. There's no doubt about that. And I'm going to get to it. And what made me brought that school up is because I'm. this is the school topic that I'm going to talk about tonight uh, that happened earlier today. And But Jerry Jones, hell of a guy. He is a good coach. He was a good coach. I think he has a long way to go. He had a long, good career calling him racist, please. But this happened uh, earlier today as well in South Bend, Indiana, which is a half hour from me, about 35 to 40 minutes. And uh, an armed man who tried to get into the school and failed miserably, but this is how serious and scary schools are now being. And here's the thing, so about South Bend, Indiana, they had major schools. They got South Bend Adams, South Bend St. Joseph, South Bend Washington, South Bend Riley. I think there's another uh, couple of South Bend schools there. And you got South Bend St. Joseph, South Bend Washington, South Bend uh, Riley. And then you got this school right here that I'm 
was just a South Bend school. I can't think of the... I haven't read the name yet. But so, yeah, a lot of South Bend schools. So it goes, a man who police say had a knife was spotted and stopped by a school resorts officer. Now, how did he get in? I, I, I don't know how he got in, but it's scary that how he just got in that quick. And he had a, he had a weapon. Uh, like I said, it had a knife, I think. No, excuse me, it was a handgun. And it's, and I'm glad that there was a school officer. And this is the reason why people actually, this makes sense. This is the reason why we need resource officer. I know, and we talk about there's some schools that actually have weapons uh, for, it goes to certain people. And I'm glad for that. This was at South Bend Adams. South Bend Adams High School in South Bend Wednesday. The incident happened just before lunch. Principal James Lutz is crediting security measures and the school resource officer with no one being hurt and the man being unable to get into the school. Hohan Melindo, 31 years old, was caught on Mishawaka Avenue by the school resource officer who found a knife on him. Marlando was turned over to the South Bend Police and taken to St. Joseph County Jail. Well, so he had it. He had had a knife. Wow. When he was charged with unlawful entry possession of marijuana resisting law enforcement, the school was on line now for about 15 minutes, but Marlando never got inside and no one was hurt. The lockdown was lifted and we lifted the lockdown shortly after when it was deemed safe to do to do so. I want to thank our SRO and the John Adams High School security team for acting quickly to keep our students and SNAP safe. It said Schultz in an email to parents, also want to thank our students and staff for the cooperation for putting safety first. Please feel free to contact our office with any further questions. So he had a knife, and I, certainly I, I thought it said he had a handgun too, but still, he had a weapon. Why did this guy even go in? And I don't, they have not told why he went in. And he should not have been there in the first place when he's uh, 31 years old. And are you kidding? You, you had he had no business being there unless he's picking up a kid. But then as well, you don't bring a, a knife, you don't bring a gun, you don't bring drugs into school. It's bad enough that there's kids doing that. And, and this is actually, and I think the South Bend schools still do this. As I remember, they had metal detectors, um, and as well, they just like actually in Elkhart schools, uh, they had metal detectors. I think they had their stuff be searched. To make sure there was no drugs, no knives, no guns, no nothing being brought into schools. And that's to keep everybody safe. And be sadly, be fairly honest, uh, uh, even though it, this could be violation of privacy to other students, you have to look at everybody else's uh, perspective. You have to look at their side. People might not understand that. And sadly, some people don't. It's not just about you. You have to think there's other people there. There's other people that have to care about their safety. If you don't think about their safety, then you know, you're know you not seeing the big picture. It's not just about you when you go to the school. It's about all the students. It's about all the staffs. That's it. And that sadly, that had to happen today. I'm God blessed that nobody got hurt because that is the main thing.
Look at what happened in Aaron, uh, Udell, or Abdel, I can't say that city right still, back in Texas a while, a few months back, way months back. Kids lost their lives. And there was no security, you know, no safety team. Officers did take forever. And that was a chaos. That was a chaos day. And a lot of people's lives were taken. Shortly, just so short. They were just still babies in our views of ICE. And this is the reason why a lot of schools are still taking steps to figure out safe ways. To keep everybody safe. To keep all staff safe. And that is the big picture. So I applaud the officer. And I really hope that more schools are going to have more security officers or resource officers. Find ways to keep these doors locked where people can't get in there and hurt these children. High school, middle school, and most definitely elementary schools. You know... I'm not, you know, and I'm even going to say this as well. I know a lot of schools ain't going to tell if they do this. They probably won't say what we have, what type of weapon we got. But we are actually, I actually say, have a pep ball. You know, you have the, have big uh, balls, uh, you know, beanbag guns or something. You know, I, I, I watch Patty Mayo and they use pepper balls, uh, and tasers. Sometimes tasers don't work, but the pepper ball, it's gas, or it's not like that. I think if they can find something, if these schools can really get together, I, I hope that they continue can find something to get these kids to be more safe because we have to these we have to protect our children and even if it's homeschooled or a private school or public school we had to find ways to keep our children safe we have to if we if we don't then we ain't gonna get nowhere and once again this officer did this job the security team did the job the staff did their job and you know i'm glad a lot of schools are doing this as well they are actually they do testing more and more and more more practice to school lockdowns, act like there's an active shooter or active stabber, something, you know, so that way they can find, uh, block the doors, lock them, do what they got to do, keep quiet. You know, it's amazing. I love it. I love how they've been doing that, and I hope they continue doing that, find more ways, make new ways to make school safe. And it's not just the schools. It needs to be everywhere. But all right, that's end of that. So we we do have three things we're going to get going here on the FBI needs your help. And I think I've recognized this guy. I think he's been on uh, OP Live before, so I'm, I'm going to do his name anyways. Michael James Pratt. He is wanted for conspiracy to commit sex trafficking by force, fraud, and con- uh, concern... Something. Anyways... Prediction of child porn, pornography, sex trafficking of a minor, and by force. Fraud in Christian quarantine. Son. Sex trafficking by force, fraud, and criminal felatine. Uh, uh, something. <clears throat> Michael, uh, Michael James Pratt. 
Data, he was born on November 10, 1982, New Zealand. He's got brown hair, hazel eyes. He's six foot, 209 pounds, white male. The FBI is offering up to $100,000 for information leading up to the arrest of Michael James Pratt. From approximately 2012 to 2019, Michael James Pratt and others allegedly participated in a conspiracy to recruit young and adult and minor women to engage in criminal sex acts by force, fraud, and... I'm sorry, I can't say this word, apparently, but I'm going to continue. Pratt is a co-conspirator on and operated by a pornography production company and online pornography website. Girls do porn and girls do toys. Pride is his co-conspirator allegedly recruited young women from around the United States and Canada by posting false intent and internet investments advertisements for closed monitoring jobs, which the victims later discovered were pornographic productions. Pratt also allegedly paid the other young woman working at his in his co-conspirator direction to act as reference and provide false assistance to the to the woman that if they filmed pornographic video, the video would not be posted online. Some women were allegedly not permitted to leave the shooting locations until the videos were completed. Others were allegedly forced to perform sex acts. They had de- declined to perform, and some women were allegedly sexually assaulted. Pratt pornography websites gained more than $17 million U.S. dollars in revenue. A federal arrest warrant was issued for Pratt in the United States District Court of California on November 6, 2019. So if you do have any information of Michael James Pratt, please make that phone call. This bastard needs behind needs to be locked up. If you do if you do recognize him, please make the phone calls to the police department. I'm just gonna say this, he could be considered armed and dangerous. That always could be really happening. Please make that phone call. Michael James Pratt is his name. <sighs> These people. Sick thing. It's sickening. He is on the FBI's top 10 most wanted as well. So, you can, like I said, just make the phone calls. Uh, you, once again, you can go to the FBI apps or website. They, that's really kind of cool how they have that. So, Michael James Pratt. We also got a missing missing woman. I think I think she's a missing woman here. We're going to look here real quick before I go. No, no, she's she's a wanted. Okay, this is not a missing case. I'm sorry. Another one is never. Uh, I'm sorry for all these messed ups. Priscilla de Sanci Fernandez. This is a wanted subject. Do you have ali, uh, aliases for for D Fernandez or Francesca D Ansing D A C A N A Y? So Francilia, played a date of birth April 29, 1970. She was born in the Philippines. She has black hair, brown eyes, five foot three, hundred pounds. She's a female Asian, and she speaks Portugal. Fernandez has ties to the California and to the Philippines. During the course of her relationship, Francia Fernandez and her boyfriend had three 
had three boys who are now adults. The couple never married in June of 2020, excuse me, 2001. Their relationship ended. The two became embroiled, embroiled in a very lengthy and aggressive custody visitation dispute in the San Diego County Family Court. In early November 2004, the mother reportedly mandated to the father that she and the children were planning a two-week vacation in New Zealand. He told her that trip would violate the court orders and Fernandez's attorney was served with a notice of an ex parte hearing scheduled on November 8th of 2004. At the hearing, the judge ordered that neither the parent could take the children out of jurisdiction of the court and that the children's passports would be re- requested. The passports were never to return also in November. It was reported that Fernandez apparently left her job and a relative filed a missing person report for her. Fernandez may have fled with her children to the Philippines. On December 9, 2004, a, statement, excuse me, a state warrant was issued in the state of California, San Diego County, charging facilitated Fernandez with three counts of child abduction. A federal warrant was issued on February 4, 2005 in the United States District Court. Southern District Court of California is also charging her with an international parent no kidnapping. So please permit a tip. And as well, you can call the San Diego uh, San Diego office if you have any any type of any any information. Well, there they would say. So please make that phone call at San Diego field office at 858-320-1800. Which, by the way, for, uh, for Mr. Pratt, if... For Mr. Pratt, for his number, I have to click back on that uh, real quick. Yeah, for it's the same same number. So if you want to make that call, although San Diego's, please make the call saying you got somebody. All right, one more, one more for tonight. And once again, I completely am sorry for the mixed up right there. This is a armed serial bank robber. On August 25, 2021, at 1.43 p.m. on Wednesday, the subject entered the Chase Bank branch located at 2815 in Gregorius Ferry Avenue in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He approached a bank employee and handed them a threatening demand, noting that said he had a gun, then displayed a handgun ch- tug in his waistband. He told the employee to walk with him to the teller window and handed the teller the note. As the teller read the note and put their hands up, the subject made a verbal threat referring to his gun. After receiving an undisclosed amount of cash, the subject fled the area of the bank on foot. And promisingly, 2.44, the same day the subject entered Wells Fargo Bank, branch located at 65 West Baltimore Avenue in Lance, Durham, Pennsylvania. The subject approached the counter and handed a teller a threatening demand. Note said he had a gun. After receiving undisclosed amount of cash, the subject fled the bank on foot and may left the area in a dark gray sedan. There, just to just to tell you this, uh, no, no description of the gray sedan. If it's got anything, when play, it does not show that. But it is a black male, six foot. He was very thin. The subject may have fled in a dark gray sedan. We. 
and once again, he is armed and dangerous at the time, and he still can be considered armed and dangerous. We're going to put that out there. Uh, he was he had a handgun at the time, so he should be considered armed and dangerous. If you have any information, please make the phone call with any information with these robberies or subject is urged to call FBI slash Philadelphia Peace Divide, uh, Police Department Violent Times Crash Force at 215-418-4000. Tipsters can remain anonymous and you can make a difference. So if you know any of these three crimes that I just mentioned, please make that phone calls right now and put these people behind bars where they belong for all. Put them behind bars for good and they don't ever get out again. It is officially almost Thursday, not officially yet, but I am ready to call it a great night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again. Have a great night. We'll see you on the next.